This is the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. And if you're wondering why the Jay, the answer is I am not a bagpipe player. And if that joke doesn't make any sense to you, I encourage you to check out episode zero, where I explain that joke as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast, where we talk about faith, family, fitness, finances, and sometimes fun. Well, friends, I don't know about your part of the world, but in my part of the world, we have like five inches of snow, which is an apocalypse. Like we don't get it. It's like years from now. So the world is shut down, which is not the worst thing. I've gone out proven that I really don't know how to snowboard. Got some bumps and bruises, but it's been a fun day. I hope you're safe wherever you are. Um, but today we're not going to talk about the weather. We've got way more interesting things to talk about. I have my good friend Danny Bowen, who was on the show, man, probably over a year ago. And uh, Danny's the co-host of a wonderful podcast called 80-Bit Podsmash. I'm going to let him give you the full preview on that. But I do know that at 80-Bit Podsmash, it is where go- gaming goes to find a beer. And he will give you that heads up. Um, he's also hosting that with my friend Dan Grothwall. And, uh, and Danny's got a lot more going on. He's my running buddy. Um, he's also just killing it in his career. Don't know if we're going to have time to get to that right now. But we want to talk about this Reddit GameStop mess debacle maybe hilarious moment blip in history which has caused me and i think danny as well to all study things like hedge funds short selling uh for me reddit and uh and a lot of other things so danny i appreciate you being here man thanks dude thank you for having me this is awesome thanks for the good introduction there yeah man yeah man. real quick danny tell everybody about 80-bit pod smash 80-Bit Pod Smash is a weekly video game podcast smashing together ideas that you care about with video games. It's a little bit more meta. We don't just dive into talking specifically about games, but we apply topics that we we care, you care about with them. So like, for example, we had our episode one is, is gaming an art form? Uh, Roger Ebert famously said video games can and never will be art. We took them to task and argued otherwise. And that's kind of the level of conversation that we have surrounding video games Uh, And so, like you mentioned, thank you for introducing me. I am known as Termite on the show, and you can find our show at 80bitpodsmash.com. Every single week, Mondays at midnight, a new episode launches. And we also have some Twitch offerings as well. We do a live video game news show on twitch.tv slash 80bitpodsmash on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we also have a live gameplay stream where one of the two of us will play a video game live over Twitch on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern every single week. So make sure if you're interested at all in anything regarding video games, especially if you're not in the industry or don't feel like you're part of that bubble and you want to know more, this is a perfect place for you guys to learn more about what video games are or a family friendly podcast. So if your littles are around or in listening, earshot, you're fine. We're not going to go into crude things. Uh, sometimes we do play some mature rated games on Twitch. So that's you know each week. Just take that by as it comes, but thank you. Yeah. I would love to have your audience. I would love to hear from your audience and interact with them more. So any kind of, uh, social cross pollination happening here would be fantastic yeah well i do know this uh so uh, i am not a gamer it's just one of those worlds that uh, i haven't pursued i haven't jumped into uh, but 80-bit pod smash has been the the platform that has explained a few things for me and so yeah i've enjoyed a bunch of episodes i get some shout outs so i appreciate that greatly anytime by the way yep. um but i brought danny on because i know that reddit and subreddits are a big part of your game platform and your interest and uh so reddit for me the most i've ever done with it was about a two-year spell where i really dove into the subreddit of the eye care industry um interestingly enough if there's any subreddit for any category and we're going to explain all that in a minute or at least danny is um, but the headlines have been that a group within Reddit uh, noticed that GameStop just happened to be a video game store and that wasn't necessarily targeted in that, was the most uh, short-sold stock on the whole stock exchange. And they decided to change that reality and decided to uh, probably – there's got to be some comeuppance and maybe a little bit of like you can't manipulate lives going on. I know there's got to be some motivation going on there. Um, but that happened. So we got a lot of questions. We're going to take them one by one. Danny, I'm going to want you to explain Reddit and subreddits. I'm going to bounce back talk about short selling. And then we want to jump in and talk about what actually happened and what's really going on behind it. So, Danny, for our folks who don't know much about Reddits or subreddits, uh, give us a little background. 
Sure. So Reddit is a social media platform, much like you're familiar with Facebook or Twitter. Those are more popular ones. But Facebook is, I'm going to read the little blurb from Wikipedia first, and then I'll break it down because they can always articulate it better than I can. So Reddit is a social news aggregation web content rating and discussion website. Registered members submit content to the site, such as links, text posts, and images, which are then voted up or down by other members. And I want to highlight the voted up or down part because Reddit doesn't is not the wild wild west because it's self-moderated um you can have a subreddit and i'll get to what subreddits are in a second but there's moderation from the administrator level controlling what content gets posted but it's uh if you remember the forums of the old internet days mm -hmm. remember chat rooms yep. chat rooms are more live but this is more of a forum kind of organized place where you can go and the whole website is organized into things called subreddits and you can create a subreddit if your account is in good standing and that condition, that threshold is managed by Reddit staff. So if you are in good standing of a Reddit community, you've been alive long enough and you've contributed to the community long enough, you can then create your own subreddit. We have one at 80bitpodsmash, so slash r slash 80bitpodsmash. And we post regularly some topics that we talk about on the show that we want to have our audience communicate more about. Uh, but like you mentioned, you can have a subreddit about anything. Uh, we're runners. So I follow both the running and the advanced running subreddit. And they have been very helpful in answering questions about injuries and training schedules and all of those things because it's a community. It's just people. It's not a celebrity. I mean, celebrities do exist on it, but it's not to interact with influencers or celebrities. This is like you and me want to get into our interest realm. Mm -hmm. And there are subreddits for absolutely everything. Uh, and it's cool because your account, you, every time you post something, other people can rate your post with a vote or a downvote. Sorry, an upvote or a downvote. Mm -hmm. And the upvotes you collect are called karma, and it's attached to your account. So every downvote, you lose a karma, and every upvote, you gain one. So if your account has a positive karma and whatever direction you're going, moderators can then use that karma to set thresholds for who and how you can post. So it's all moderated within itself, which is amazing. So it's not like other nefarious platforms that allow craziness to ensue. So it has, you know, some bounds to it that's self-governed. And, and I guess we do want to make sure if anyone has never gone out there, we do need to make sure people know there are adult corners of Reddit. Mm -hmm. um, so just FYI, if anyone's like, I'd really like to get it on Reddit, just know what you're headed into. It is, it's not, it's not restricted um, like a Facebook would be. You do have some adult corners on there. Just so you, just, you can't fall into adult things, though, which is cool. Uh, if you're going to just reddit.com and you see the front page, you're going to see a combination of the most popular things, none of which will be adult rated. If you want anything adult rated on Reddit, you've got to find it. Uh, okay. Because, okay. like, for, for example, 80 Pod Smash, we have a, a moderator bot that blocks all adult content. And most pages do. I've never accidentally stumbled on, and all of my video game subreddits are running and sports and, and NASCAR and all the other things. Yes, I said NASCAR. That's a random. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I've never uh, stumbled across anything adult rated. So it is it is controlled. It's it's relatively safe. It's not like perusing some of the other more you know sure 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 <laughs> wild sure. west websites. Yes. So uh, so out in the subreddit, there was a group that was specifically interested in the stock stock exchange and investing and uh and they had noticed that the largest short sale on the stock market was GameStop. so before danny and i go any further neither of us are real estate and excuse me are stock market investors <laughs> we are not I, I will at least say i'm not the person to get your investing advice from nor are we giving any investing advice but here's what was happening uh short selling and if you're curious about short selling in an entertainment capacity, there is a fantastic movie on Amazon called The Big Short, which explains short selling. And in the middle of it, they literally look at you and go, okay, you're probably confused. Let me explain this. Really entertaining movie. It's got Christian Bale in it. It's called The Big Short. Um, there's also one on Netflix about the short selling of Herbalife. And I'll find the name of that, put that in the in the uh, the comments or excuse me, on the notes. So here's here is short selling. In its essence. So let's say Danny buys a $10 book. And I say, Danny, I'd like to borrow your book. So I borrow his book. I then sell it to someone for $10. So I've got $10. Then I go out and I buy a used copy for $4. And I give that one back to Danny. So Danny has his book back. Someone else has a book, but I made $6. Now, 
what I'm hoping is in the interim, I'm hoping Danny's book all of a sudden becomes worth $1. Because then I make a lot more money. The danger of this whole thing is what if Danny's book all of a sudden becomes worth $100? Then I can't pay it back. Believe it or not, this is allowed at the stock market exchange, and it's called short selling. And so a hedge funds were betting, hey, GameStop's going to go out of business. Let's get a, let's short sell them. So when they go out of business, we will make a lot of money. It is a legal process of hedge funds basically gambling that stocks are going to fail, and they make money when they fail. Now, we may all say, well, that's awful. But at the moment, that's the way things work on the stock market. Well, the subreddit looked at it and said, well, let's change that. Now, Danny, uh, uh, in your reading, well, do you, what happened with that subreddit? Do you, do you, mm-hmm. Did you look at really what they did to the stock? What did they do to GameStop? So one of the subreddits uh, that exist is Wall Street Bets. And it's yep. a community that now has 7.5 million people in it. It's a <laughs> huge community. It's a people. lot of people. And the whole existence of this community was just to share advice on what to how to trade stocks. It could be like as simple as penny trading every single day, the small stuff, but also like long-term investments. It was a giant community all about investing in the stock market. And part of that discussion was looking at stuff to short sell and looking at what stock is declining and where you can make money on short selling. So GameStop notoriously is failing in its kind of public, especially in any sort of video game realms. Um, the digital market for video games is eating their lunch and they're struggling to keep up and they're trying to innovate and change and it's costing them money. They're closing stores. So in, in knowledge, GameStop wasn't easy. They looked at that. Well, hedge fund, they noticed this Wall Street Bets community noticed that there was a whole large chunk of GameStop stock that was targeted to be short sold. And when they saw that happen, they saw it as an opportunity and they collectively got together and said, we're going to buy a bunch of GameStop stock right now, which would drive the price up instead of down, which would hurt that one specific hedge fund. As far as I know, the last I read that hedge fund lost $13.1 million because the short sell, the, the value of the stock climbed so high because of the collective buying of GameStop stock that they've had to then borrow the hedge fund had to borrow money or sell off other stock, which drives the prices up on those stocks. And, right. and then there's the ripple effect, right? So that's what they had to do to recover. And I think they filed for bankruptcy if I'm not mistaken. And I don't remember the name of the hedge fund. And, and this GameStop stock, hard to say that mm. uh, at various times has now been worth over $400 a share, which is a right. ridiculous number. It, mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, just it, it's GameStop's value increased well over a thousand fold, um, making the CEO a billionaire very quickly, but it's not like he has the money in hand because anytime a CEO wants to sell his own stock, you have to file paperwork. So he's literally a paper billionaire and the hedge fund is scrambling uh, because when you get to a certain threshold, you got to start paying that back. Now, everyone's love going like stick it to the man. Mm-hmm. But that hedge fund controls 401ks, tons of people's investments. It's not like they just do that one thing. So folks who are excited about this, there is an element of wild, wild west going on here in the stock market exchange and through online. And But a lot of people are affected by this, a ton mm-hmm. of people. Additionally, one extra thing, just narrative that we need to wrap up here is that they used an app called Robinhood. And this was supposed to be an app that allowed people to buy and sell stocks without having to go through a traditional uh, investment company. It's supposed to allow you and me and anyone else to just buy and sell. So they were incredibly smart. Like, let's do it without having to pay a ton of fees as well. Uh, It's the design of Robinhood. But unfortunately, Robinhood shut the whole thing down. Uh, as going on. And now all of a sudden there's possible regulation going on. People are very angry. They're like, wait a minute, this is what you guys do all day. You're mad that we did it. So really that's the story in its essence. Uh, you know, we see this short selling attack going on now for AMC theaters. I didn't know Blackberry still existed, but Blackberry, um, I think their stock doubled to $18. So, <laughs> which is... <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But after all that, I hope everyone's hung in there. Danny, what I see behind this is the power of online community. That's what this looks like to me. 
uh, it is a story about GameStops, about hedge funds, but it's really a story about online community. When you look at this, and, and you're not necessarily related just because you have a subreddit, but you are on the platform, what do the communities look like on Reddit? Like, what, what does that feel like uh, being a part of it? The ones that I'm a part of are usually helpful and, and hopeful to each other and kind of build each other up or answer technical problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a place where like, if my controller doesn't charge on the front port of my Xbox, I need to go find it. And I'm like, what's going on? And I just ask it on Reddit and someone's there with the exact same problem. My TV isn't calibrated properly. And so like, here's my make and model, like someone from the HD TV, you know, subreddit or whatever, like helps me calibrate my TV. So it looks fine. Like that kind of stuff is usually what I use the platform for, but also because of ADB pod smash, we're sharing and exchanging thoughts about things that are happening in the gaming industry. And then of course the running stuff. So it's usually just this nice cordial exchange of information with experts that are, and I call it like quote unquote experts, air quote sure. experts. Um, but there's a nature to Reddit that and getting back to your question of like amassing a huge audience of people the wall street bets community they're mostly amateurs no one's from wall street or maybe there's a few people from wall street that are in there like answering questions or something but collectively this is a scrappy group of amateur bettors and when you talk about short selling the the risk of short sales is is infinite the infinite risk right so if you buy a stock that's worth five dollars at most you're going to lose five dollars if you buy a stock that's $500, at most, you could lose $500 if that stock goes to zero because zero is a flat line. Right. With short selling, you borrow a bunch of stock and you're losing money based on the possible height of the cost of that right. stock. That's right. So if you buy an Apple stock at $1 expecting to short sell it and it flies up to $1,000, it can go up to $2,000, $3,000. Know, it can just go forever. And so that's the inherent risk. Experts on Wall Street know this. And that's why hedge funds do this intelligently this giant massive community on Reddit who's gotten together to do this over GameStop and feels like emboldened and are attacking the man and eating the rich. They feel like they're doing something here, but everyone else on wall street's freaking out. And like you said, there are people's retirements and things that actually like matter kind of on the line here when it comes to hedge funds, that's the opposite side of the coin that people don't really reflect on is they're doing something very dangerous mm-hmm. and they're affecting lots of other companies, stock values, which affects a lot of people's, like you said, retirement and company investments. So it's a, it's, it, that's why White House got involved. That's why there's a, a headline on New York Times talking about GameStop. And that, you know, like flew my red flags up fireworks everywhere. I'm like, why is New York Times talking about GameStop? Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So all of that around, like, that's kind of the, the dangerousness of the massive amateur movement of social media that has collectively gotten together under this. Um, it's kind of, and I don't, I'm not going to make any false comparisons here, but it's, it is dangerous, but I also don't think it's, it's long-term. I don't think they can sustain that. It's not sustainable. Uh, cause once, once this gets resolved and all of it falls back out and things kind of level out, who knows where the stock market will be. Uh, I assume it'll be a lot lower than what it was collectively because of the fallout, but I don't think this will happen the same way again. It's kind of a good snapshot in history and, it's interesting that you mentioned Robinhood because the the regulation of the free market. So Robinhood is a company, like you said, that in E-Trade is another one mm-hmm. that allows people to trade stocks without all the extra fees and overhead that you can need. You can just buy and sell stock daily. Uh, and then, but, but the fact that they blocked the sale of GameStop stock, and I don't want to get too political, but AOC and Ted Cruz were on the same page. That doesn't happen. Yeah. No, that never happens. They've never given each other a fist bump until the other right. day, ever. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, it's, it, there's a long answer for your question. It, well, it, yeah. um, uh, I, I know uh, I have two friends and they were discussing and one of them was heralding the taking down of the man. And and the other one in the same company said, are you aware that that company manages our retirement portfolio? Right. And he's like, yeah, really? Yeah. He's like, huh? yeah, like the company, like your money is literally what got lost. Like you don't, you know, when you work with a, a company, you don't, you don't know what they're doing with your money. Their idea is they use your money for other things. And so mm-hmm. it does have implications, but what's happening is movements now in the freedom are happening so much quicker. Uh, Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavs, you know, Shark Tank billionaire. Um, he was interviewed about this and he said that his 11 year old invests. And he said that his 11 year old gets all of his advice, not from his dad, who's a multi-billionaire, but from TikTok, that's where his son gets his stock market advice. 
And so community towards these things is way more powerful than anyone can imagine. But when you start getting, did you just say three quarters? Of, I mean, how many people are on that subreddit? In that subreddit right now, there are 7.5 million members. <laughs> That's an insane. Now, granted, uh, there's probably only 10% that are actively speaking, but you know, you, we right. all know how those numbers work. But still, mm -hmm. That's a massively influential platform, um, Danny. I mean, what I mean, what was it that made this one pop? I know when we talk about things going viral, you never really know. And I guess this is sort of a, a, a subreddit viral movement. Why do you think that group mobilized that those people? I mean, do you have any idea? I, I don't know because I'm not familiar with the culture of that subreddit or how it works. But I, I won't say his name because it's definitely not family friendly. But deep effing value yeah. is one user, yeah, one reddit user specifically that i guess had a following of folks that cared enough about what he was doing and he posted some screenshots of things he was doing with gamestop and all the proof that happened with the hedge funds and again gamestop was tanking so it was kind of obvious like this is a good idea when that hedge fund made their move wall street bets picked up on it and then it took one person it's usually a movement right one person starts the movement and all it takes is his followers or her followers to to make it a movement to make it a thing and so it just kind of took over and then everybody in their lust for money was like yes this is a great idea let's go and then so there's this whole like ride it to the moon rocket emojis and it, it became this whole meme <laughs> in and of itself uh but I don't, I don't know about the culture of wall street bets itself that added to fuel to that fire uh but it's definitely just i mean 7.5 million followers right so it just takes one person to post like hey this is a good idea and some proof behind it and it could be silly, it could be amateur, it could be not thought out and not a good strategy, but hey, here's the proof. I took a screenshot of some some spreadsheets that like I made some money by mm -hmm. doing this and you can do it too. So here you go. And then like everyone just jumps in. Um, and then once it started actually working, then of course it snowballs. And so, oh, look at this short sale. Look at this hedge fund dying. This hedge funds take advantage of the poor and like they're part of the 1%. And then you have this kind of movement more culturally and socially that's not yeah. just i want to make money but now it's like here we go i'm i'm gonna help you know tear down this this thing i feel like is problematic in our country um and then and you know there's, that, there's got to be some angst motivation behind it there's got to yeah. be uh you know these uh this very small group of people have a massive amount of control and a massive amount of income and there's got to be a, a a community sense of let's take them down you know, and again, neither here nor there, but probably not aware of what the long range implications are of something like that. I'm, I'm not preaching sympathy for necessarily this one hedge fund, but like it does, <laughs> there are going to be, there are massive uh, implications when investment companies who handle a lot of stocks, a lot of things like that, when they go down, people, uh, people lose a lot, uh, 401ks and, and that kind of thing. So Danny, how much, uh, this is one of the things I've been, uh, bouncing around with and i mentioned it briefly at the beginning i think the nature of the last nine or ten months of quarantine of uh, community interaction being restricted i think it's emboldened um, community movements whether it might be an actual physical protest or it might be i mean in some essence this is a digital protest um and it doesn't necessarily have to be all one issue do you think the the circumstances that we're in, the situations with COVID-19 and, and the restrictions of community, do you think they play a part in like inspiring or <laughs> gaslight? I don't know. Do, are they causing movements like this physically and digitally? What do you think? There's like medical proof about the effects of this quarantine and isolation have had on various globally. Like I was going to say Americans, but it's actually a global issue. It's becoming depression, anxiety are normal now. We're meant to be in contact with one another regularly and we don't have that. So there's, there's medical proof that this is affecting people's psych psyche and there's there, it affects them and their health. Mm -hmm. And so if all of your community engagements are over the internet with people that you would never engage with face to face, you don't have that like daily check. When I, when I read something online or like a news article or something in the, in the pre <laughs> In, in the before times, if you will, before COVID happened. Yeah, like B I would read something crazy. The, 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 yeah, before yeah, BC, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would read something nuts, you know, because the last presidential administration had something nuts every day to offer. So I would read something nuts online and I would go to work and I would like tell talk to my friend and that would start like a cube space conversation about this thing. And it would totally fulfill my desire to talk about it. 
and I would never be spurred to action to do anything because that topic has been like I, my needs have been met. I talked it, I talked it out. Right. Right. But when you have someone who's isolated and you're not getting those face-to-face conversations and the only thing you're doing is some intentional zoom call with a close friend, the last thing you want to talk about are the things that are worrying you about the politics or the times that are happening. Maybe you do talk about those things with your friends and family, but usually it's about how the kids, what are you doing? How was your birthday? You know, it's those things that are intentional, more intimate conversations happening because that's all we're doing. Mm-hmm. We have to be so intentional that we don't get those casual conversations at the coffee shop or at the bar or on the train or wherever you're going. You have the, none of that. And so this, build up and this like tension and this energy needs to go somewhere there needs to be an outlet because we're all just pent up and we have so many different social media outlets to talk about things and to interact with in different communities to follow like i talked about how we're on twitch and there's twitch followers and there's reddit communities and there's twitter and all we saw this bubble up i I don't think the capital riots would have happened if there wasn't a pandemic i mean i feel like the fact that there was a pandemic led to those communities just the fervor is just going so high that that escalated so much. And this is the digital version of the stock market's take on the same thing with a different flavor. Uh, and I know I don't want to I don't want to draw a comparison upon like something as serious as the, the capital riots with something as kind of silly as money with the Wall Street. But there's the underlying current in the context is this giant pandemic that is keeping everyone at home and making them more more depressed and more anxious and more craving of community and and more like the desire for connection and being understood and being heard is it's just crazy like it's just out there it's a lot um and we're not getting that met every day with that trickle feed of the, the meetings at coffee shops and bars and stuff so you have to go out and get it and people are going out and getting it and it does it leads to a lot of irrational behaviors and a lot of extra things behind a keyboard that have a lot of serious side effects yeah i think you're i like i mean danny you get really good stuff on that i mean i think in the midst of that your average joe or jane uh there's a a, a desire for a, a little bit more meaning than what the sequestering has perhaps allowed so a, a movement can happen that you have some sympathy for and attaching yourself to it uh, allows you to have that meaning you know it, it gives your day-to-day a little bit more meaning than the the boredom and, and the the repetitiveness of that and so people obviously there's leaders in it who are incredibly passionate and they've thought through why they're doing it and they have reasons for it and then there's some people who are like i like that movement i'm going to jump in and be a part of it and i think it's the nature so the, the of the moment what's the question is going to be is let's say, man, let maybe not, but let's say it's 2022 and the world is opened up again, right? Let's say that the, the realities of everything from a movie theater to a concert to, uh, to, to workplaces, let's say they've opened up again. Um, the question will be is if this movement online or even the, you know, the, the protest movement, whether it, it, whatever stripe it may be, it'd be interesting to see if they continue um, once the world's opened back up, or if this has gone on so long, this kind of thing is now more of who we are in America. Right. Right. That, that, that brings up a great question is like these reactions to things were always like the, the desire or the motivation to react this way has always been there. Mm-hmm. And we've now just peeled away all of the things that stopped us from doing that, right. which would be the courteousness or the kindness or the niceties that would usually come out in a face-to-face conversation with someone are gone. We're, we're hiding behind a keyboard now. We don't need to be nice. We mm-hmm. can just say our words and, and do it. And that continues to like refine the hatred or the vitriol, the toxicity over and over and over again to the point where it just like a volcano. It's just so tense. It just has to explode somewhere. And so we're seeing these explosions in our culture and in our society, but that isn't a symptom so or that is a symptom actually of a much larger problem that has always been there. Mm-hmm. And now it's coming out. It's being teased out. Like the pandemic has caused among other things, the pandemic is one aspect that has allowed these issues to kind of become front and center stage that have always been there since the creation. I don't know, like for years in America, especially. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And, um, you know, um, even folks who have not become part of this movement, they're not buying, you know, Blackberry stock tomorrow or anything like that through Robin hood there's a there's a lot of folks who are enjoying watching it happen um 
but again, there's implications for every movement. Like the rightness of the cause is sometimes, I mean, we may say yes, but there's still implications for the movement. And so what I find interesting is people who aren't in that subreddit or aren't buying any stock or selling any stock, a lot of people are rejoicing to see it happening because yeah, you don't want to see the man get taken down or eat the rich, whatever the case may be. But there's there are hardcore implications for this. Like there really are. And we don't really know yet because you can GameStop's still over 400, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's like, 350 today. 350 today. Yeah, thank yep. you. I knew you. But which is grossly overvalued, like ridiculously Nuts. over yeah. like uh, that will not stay at 350. Nope. There's no way. It just, it, it can't. It might stay there long enough to do the damage desired. What happens, you know, when, I mean, this will probably end GameStop. Like the only, it'll just, it'll plunge to nothing. Uh, unless in some way they're able to take this cash and, and I don't know. I mean, and re reimagine the company. I mean, I was, I had to go to, uh, forgive us everyone, in, in our area, the Costco's in the mall. So, Danny knows what I'm talking about. I walk by GameStop. There's two people in there. I'm like, you know, like the company hasn't changed. You know, they're giving those people $3 for their video game and that they're exchanging and they're spending 40 on, on something. But it's not like the company all of a sudden has people standing in line to do business with them. Like literally nothing's changed about the structure of their company. Uh, so what happens when it goes from 350 back down to one uh, or, or plummets completely? Uh, yeah, it, it's just... Uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated by the movement. Uh, I own a, you know, digital marketing agency. I love watching like the, the potential and, and there's growth things from it, but still like what happens when this all evens out? Um, and then the better question is how do you rally communities like that? Like when you, you know, rally communities for good where you're not, you know, would, would have less destructive tendencies. And so, so Danny, you do that. I mean, you've got, uh, you've got a video game, uh, podcast. I mean, uh, more than just that, uh, but it's something you're trying to do. You're trying to build a community. Like, what do you learn from all of this when you think about, hey, I'm trying to grow a podcast and a community and a culture around it? Like, what do you take from this whole movement? We we just take a stance of like a no toxicity, like a toleration, like zero tolerance on being mad, angry, or hateful to anyone. So if there's any posts anywhere on any of our social media platforms that degrade demean dismiss or devalue another human being we're not going to tolerate it so that will be removed flagged and that that's kind of what we want to do and we, we speak about that on our podcast too and so when there are when there is injustice happening whether it's in a corporation that in, in crunch is a thing about like working your employees super super hard and underpaying them to, to meet a deadline for a video game like we'll speak out about that and we'll have a conversation about what that means that so we we address these kind of things of course catered around the, the video game industry but the same sort of humane issues that exist in the world also exist in the industry uh the me too movement that happened in hollywood that's famous the video game industry had a version of that last mm -hmm, year mm -hmm. and we went through that we had an episode and a discussion about it and the fallout from it and we will cheer on these the, the humane causes like we want people to be treated fairly and we want equity across all races genders and everything you want to think of under the sun uh, no one should be treated unfairly because of anything they are. And so we will we'll speak that from the mountaintops if we have to over and over again across our episodes. And we hope that that sticks in our community. But we have a, such a small community that, you know, if, if it was something as big as 7.5 million, I would hope that we would have enough moderators to uh, that would echo our message down as you uh, subdivide that subreddit into smaller communities and discord servers and everything else that you do to manage. It's hard. It's hard to manage people. But yeah. So you're you're you guys are working on creating uh, a movement, and uh, you, people people say it's not a movement, but if you're trying to attract an audience, you're attracting a movement. It's just the reality of, of the day we're in. So for your world, what's the analogy of the community you want to build? Are you going to be the CNN of the video game industry? Are you going to be the um, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, can you find an analogy in some other cultural space? Are you the Entertainment W or the EW, Entertainment Weekly? Like, what's the analogous uh, media form that you would like to emulate for your podcast? I actually don't know of any mainstream media outlet that non-gamers would be able to, like, use as an analogy for what we're trying to do because 
big mainstream media is an industry that wants to make money. And so they, they cater their, to their audiences to make money. And we don't have that. We're not monetized at all. We have no desire to cater to anyone specifically. So we have no uh, bend or bias as far as trying to find who our market is. It's very difficult to find that in a media space. If there's someone like that, that would be great. I would love to listen to it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't want to give like a false throw out to, I mean, I, I expand my viewpoints to various news outlets, both right and left. Uh, there's a website called Drudge Report that yeah. is very right-leaning, but it's an aggregate site, kind of like Reddit, where it grabs news outlets, mostly right-leaning, from a ton of different websites. Uh, and so that's like my right-wing coverage. And then I also follow Washington Post and New York Times for like my left-leaning posts. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at all of that data. I look at all of those headlines. I click through so many articles and read things to kind of get the the landscape across both sides. And so I want to hit all the biases. Granted, like I said, we're not monetizing, so we don't have a bias. We're not trying to talk to someone who is trying to pay us money or we're not trying to leverage a, a community that, for their value. So we're, we're just who we are. It's me and Penguin. Penguin is Dan Grathwall, I'm Termite. And we preach a message of positivity and inclusion. And that's, that's what we want to affirm everyone because video games are for everyone. Video games come from everyone. And we don't want to exclude or hate or diminish anyone. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to preach that from the mountaintops in our show. That's the kind of the, the grid we're going to hit. And what makes that great is we actually have kind of a left and right um, pundit. Like I usually lean more left and, and Grathwall usually leans a little more right. And so we kind of meet in the middle when it comes to things like unionization and, and regulation on commuter on um, big business and like how things should work. We actually cover both sides and we just kind of try to meet in the middle with the humanity of it all. How are you treating employees is really the core of what we're looking at, not necessarily hedge funds and retirement programs and, and money. It's like, how are you as an individual? How are you doing as an employee is, is how we'll look at the video game industry companies, the development studios and the publishers that do stuff. So I hope that answers. I, I, sorry, I don't have a straight no, 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 like, no. analogy. I, it, in, in all the conversations we've had, I, I've never asked that question. And so, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I imagine the larger your community got, you'd have to answer the question of monetizing it, though. Right. I mean, if you oh, absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. I it's mean, a passion project. We would love to monetize and make a little side money, uh, you know, to continue to build that community. Uh, for now, any money that we would ever make on the podcast would go right back into it. It would be improving our quality and establishing a video presence on YouTube and doing hiring a video editor and making our own gra like hiring someone to do graphics and sound bits and, mm -hmm. and all those things to make our company like more polished and, and get more of a platform with the desire to continue to push this message of positivity in a very negative internet space. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's the desire. So I don't, I don't really know what that would look like because there's no media outlet that's doing that when you turn on your television. Right. Right. And so for, for you, I mean, uh, you know, for your community, for the one I'm trying to build, um, I mean, you and I both have talked to various times where we might have an interview and what would the implications be if that interview really got behind it and shared it, you know, and we've had that conversation, uh, um, uh, off when I, when I hit the stop button, I'll tell you about the interview I've got coming up, which I'm jacked about. And I'm already like, if they would just share my podcast, you know what I'm saying? How <laughs> to, you know, that kind of thing. But ultimately the question is what, what influence are you really wanting to have? Um, I'm going to assume that the leaders of this Reddit knew what they wanted to happen. I mean, they wanted people to join them because they were, they were seeking to take down some short selling. Um, uh, whether they had a vision for it, having as much impact and making national headlines and everybody in the world going to Google and type in what is short selling, which is literally just absolutely blowing up right now because no one knows what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Understanding at any point in time that if you have a platform, it might be small. You might like, well, it's no big deal. I just have five listeners. In the world in which we live in, it doesn't take much for that platform to blow up. It, it, it literally can be one post, one podcast, one YouTube. It's really all it takes right now for something to happen. And it can be engineered, but most of the time we know going viral is out of our hands. Like it really, it's just a matter of something, but thinking through those questions ahead of time is what I'm fascinated with. Like are people who are creating community, are you thinking about what you're actually intending uh, to happen? I, I think, I think there's a temptation to spend more time wanting a community than necessarily thinking through, 
you know, what's the impact you want it to happen. So, yep. And funnily enough, there's a wonderful example in the kid friendly movie space. And that's how like Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck-It Ralph 2 yeah, yeah, yeah. is all about like making Ralph become viral. Yeah. And you can see like they stumble into this giant internet mega corporation that right. obviously wants to curate, you know, viral videos to make money off of them. And of course the story is great. So if, if you're listening and you have kids and you don't know what Ralph breaks the internet is, that could actually shed some light on this conversation. It's, well, um, that's the chase. That's what you want. Um, and uh, to help our older community, have you seen Wayne's world? Have you ever seen Wayne's world? I have not. Oh it's my on my list of movies. I All have right, to, so watch. Whenever, I when, to watch. Whenever we're to hang out, it's going to have to be a movie night, but in it, Wayne's world is a public access television show, which pre-internet everyone it was just someone basically figuring out how to get on uh television but running their own show and it becomes famous all of a sudden and then there's product drops in there you see pepsi show up and pizza hut show up and they lose kind of control it's it's an early the first wayne's world is sort of an early test case and what happens when your community grows way quicker than you anticipate it's more than just the income all of a sudden you're playing a part in actually influencing people's lives. And so, yeah, I think uh, the, the power of community and presently we've moved beyond just, Hey, the internet moves fast. Now we're like, Hey, let's remove even more social structures so that internet community has even more of a power than once had. And I think that's the, the, the COVID-19 effect that, even before even we couldn't have imagined internet being as powerful as it is and now it's just ridiculous now now people got to wrestle with subreddits and then their politicians who are probably mapping out their next campaign strategy on on subreddits i'm sure you saw that in the in the last campaign but uh yeah i'm i'm just blown away by it i do find it interesting uh i find it humorous but also incredibly cautious and uh amy asked me right before we hopped on danny she's like is this even still a story? And that's the amazing thing, right? Like uh, this happened when Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, mm-hmm. and yeah. and it's moved so quickly. She's already asking me, like, do you guys even need to talk about this? It's still a story. <laughs> but it, if that stock's still at three fifty four hundred, it's still a story because it yep. will not stay there. And yeah, the reactions all- become little sub stories too, like Robinhood and E Trader or E Trade, Robinhood specifically, like stopping and regulating the trading of that stock until further notice. Mm-hmm. which I think they've left, like they've loosened the restrictions. Uh, but still like that continues to perpetuate the story. It's not just what's happening between right. wall street bets and GameStop and wall street. It's now what are the third company, like third party company trader websites right. doing. And, then, uh, and that continues to push the conversation farther as we enter new spaces with which to debate and have, you know. Yeah. Right. And then the secondary question will be, what is the stock market regulation that's going to happen? Like there will be like it's just like the government. I mean, like the uh, things beget beget legislation and legislation. Excuse me. So there there has to be something that's going to be built in to protect it. Uh, uh, Mark Cuban, you can tell I've listened to a couple of interviews with him. He said no one's going to like the solution. He's like here here. So this was his solution, and he said uh, it used to be that when you bought a stock, you had to hold on to it for 24 hours before you can sell, sell it. He said, but with algorithms now, stocks are sold in milliseconds. You can buy the stock and sell it in a millisecond and that investing is more algorithmic than it is actually like a long-term investment plan. He said, if you want to fix this tax stocks that are sold in a certain amount of short time frame. So if I buy a stock and I sell it in less than 60 seconds, he's like, okay, then the tax on that is higher than you want for one, if you held it longer, he goes, that will all of a sudden make people go wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to do these, these quick changes he goes, but uh, I, that would be a mess. The, the, uh, the government would probably enjoy it because of the tax value that would come from it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like something's going to happen. We're going to see the House and the Senate take this up very quickly and, and try to uh, fix it or perhaps save their stock market buddies. All that's going on at the same time. Interestingly enough, we have a whole new administration and the entire outlook on the White House is entirely different as it was you know, before January 20th. So imagine if this would have happened three weeks ago. Yeah, and, and totally I say I, I can say that just objectively. Like, yeah, that's a, I, yep, I agree. I'm, I'm fascinated to know, like, if I could hop in the time machine <laughs> and get the answer, and then find out what the, the president administration's answer is. I'd be probably whatever the exact opposite of what happens with the Biden administration. We could assume, but still, I would love to 
I would love to have found out what would have happened to this three weeks ago if this happened, and we would probably play that game for a long time. Yeah, but, there's like there's an alternate reality where there's a whole other solution that's implemented. <laughs> I want to know what that is too. Right, right. And so, uh, what would be going on Twitter right now? You know, yep. a month yeah. a month ago, what would have been the Twitter comments on it? And so, yep. It, the reality of it is, though, Danny and you and I know this, and and I I may be sounding a little bit older here, but. I mean, people don't have really. I mean, soon people are not going to have the option of ignoring all these outlets. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you, most everyone can live right now without having anything to do with Reddit, unless you know you're building a platform or a digital marketing agency or something like that. You don't have a choice of not. But if these things become stronger and stronger, like uh, actually interacting in, intellectually with all these platforms, you you don't have a chance. You don't have the opportunity to I- ignore. Um, uh, ignore Reddit or obviously Twitter. Um, uh, I'll, I'll give a shameless plug here. I've got an article coming out tomorrow for our church training partners um, uh, platform, which trains churches and, and that kind of thing. And one of the articles I have is uh, an unkempt social media page for a church. It's the same thing as not cutting your grass. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't attend a church if you drove by if the, if the grass is 12, 18 inches high. You just, you wouldn't. <laughs> You'd be like, right. that place is scary. I got nothing to do with it. And no one does that. Why? Because it's a it's a face to the community. But if you got a social media Facebook page for a church, you haven't updated it in six months, there's a bunch of people going like, I don't know who these people are, but I don't want anything to do with it. Like it's it's digital real estate. And ignoring digital real estate has implications and will continue. It'd be better off the church to shut that page down to, to leave it and not update it for six months. But uh, and the importance of that is exponentially increased with the pandemic because exactly. that's how we're connecting with everyone. So people are flocking to social media platforms now Yeah. and the social media platforms are in the spotlight. We see Zuckerberg and Twitter, if, sorry, Facebook, Zuckerberg, Twitter, and they're going to white houses. To, they're going to the white house to give like testimonies and talk about security and uh, all the stuff that happened with this election cycle and everything that's going on. People are flocking to social media. So it's more important now than ever, because that's mm-hmm. how we're reaching people. We're not able to do the, like I'm dying to have a video game trivia night at a brewery here in Fredericksburg, because that would attract local gamers. And that would be a great opportunity for me to connect with gamers in our community and, and like face to face and talk about who we are as 80 bit pod smash. I can't do that. It's, it's a pandemic. Right. So now I have to think about, okay, let's expand to Twitch instead. So now we have this whole presence on Twitch that we didn't have last year. In, in 2019, we didn't do Twitch. Now we right. do. Uh, we didn't really leverage YouTube that much, but now we do. And I'm just one. And I always have this mentality. If, if I'm one, then there's like 2 million other people at least that are just like me. And so that's like, that's what's happening. People are flocking and utilizing these social media platforms and it makes it that much more important to use that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, I mean, what, yeah. we're, what we're finding at, at capitalized marketing is, is businesses coming to us that either haven't been able to leverage it well. And, and they're like, we, we, we've got to raise our, our, our presence on these platforms or folks saying, I'm just not on that platform. Like I'm just, I'm, can you help get me there? And it just makes sense because it's it's digital real estate. And if you don't own the digital real estate in your industry, someone else does. And so there's room for you out there, but you, you can't just let that real estate just, just sit because someone will just go get it in, in a heartbeat. And every time one of these things happens, someone flocks to GoDaddy or Google domains and buys the domain for it. You know what I mean? Like the it, it just, it happens so quickly every single moment. I mean, I tell people at this point in time, when your kid's born, just buy the URL. <laughs> yep. Go buy your kid's URL right now. Don't let me you know, pay, pay the $12 a year. It's not that big of a deal, but uh, they, they may very well want it one day. Uh, that's why I'm not a bag pl- bagpipe player, right? There you go. <laughs> yeah, you could be. <laughs> well, that's why, because I didn't buy that URL in, you know, in 1994 or whatever the case <laughs> Well, Dan, you got any last thoughts on here? You, you got something you want to plug? Uh, tell us, um, you know, plug away. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? No, just pay attention to our, our website. We have episodes going live. We're dropping an episode right now about puzzle games. We're doing a genre deep dive all about puzzle video games. Uh, that's kind of the most 
permeated market out there. Uh, if you ever heard of Brain Age, I mean, it took mm-hmm. Nintendo and the DS and the Wii leveraged puzzle games and the idea of what they are by storm and was extremely successful for it because of that uh, extremely broad market they had where grandparents and kids were flocking to their platforms. So the Wii continues to be in the top five video game consoles sold of all time. And I would I would leverage that it is because of puzzle games. We talk all about that in our show. So go to 80bitpodsmash.com. Make sure you hit any sort of subscription link so that you are aware of our comings and goings. But yeah, go check that episode out. That's our most recent one. So this episode, if you are listening, this episode is dropping on February 1st. Is that the episode that's dropping on February 1st on your platform? Same day. Look at that. Listen, gang, when you, you nailed get, it. When you get done with this, uh, then what you need to do is head on over to 80-Bit Pod Smash. Uh, that was, friends, despite the fact that I listened to po- podcasts just like a junkie, uh, Danny and Dan's launch is what got me off my butt to start. This is going to hurt. I had thought about it and thought about it. And so I was about six months behind those guys. So that uh, is amazing to hear that we actually inspired everyone who's right now listening to Gordon Duncan talk about anything ever here on his podcast is inspired by ours. That's is a hundred percent. Like I, I had it in the back of my mind. You, know, you and I would talk about it even before you launched yours. And, uh, and then you guys did it. And a few months later, I'm like, I got to get into this thing. And then I found Anchor, which is what hosts our host mine. But yeah, man, uh, I got into this world after uh, 80-bit pod smash and all those massive name drops you guys gave me. And so uh, I'm glad to help promote 80-bit pod smash in any way. So get on over there, guys. They've got a good three plus years worth of content. Um, so that's a lot of data if you want to take it in. A lot of content. So, uh, well, Danny, thanks. Tell Dan, I said, hey, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, you're on here. We've got to do a, 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 some sort of mutual episode at some point in time. We're all three of us on, and then we spread the content on both our platforms. We've got to brainstorm uh, on how, because it would be fun to have Dan on here as well, get Penguin. I know how to do that. All of the logistics of how to make that happen is done. Logistics are easy. Yeah, we just yep. got to put a, a point on the calendar and say, all right, what, what is it that, that would cross all of our audiences and talk about it? And then uh, and what that sounds like is the power of a subreddit, what we just right. – you know, right? that's exactly <laughs> what that is. All right, Danny. Hey, listen, man, be safe. I uh, hope you guys are well, and uh, hopefully you and I will get out for a long run really, really soon. For all my running friends out there, I have a 20-miler on Friday. I don't think that will be with you, Danny. Um, nope. Not yet, but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully soon. And uh, love you and your family, and look forward to talking to you soon. Okay, brother. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thanks for having me on your show. I love you too. This has been a great conversation. Thanks, brother.